As a free, not-for-profit service, Cradio requires the support of people like you to help keep us going in our mission. To donate, visit cradio.org.au slash donate. Who are the Catanians? An interview conducted by Shabel Raish. Cradio. Who are the Catanians? Well, today we're going to find out. I have three gentlemen who are members of the Catanian Association. We're going to get to know them a little bit more. I also have a good friend, Roland McGrady, with me who's on the board of Cradio. My name is Shah Bell, a director of Cradio, and welcome to today's show. We're going to have a lot of fun, so let's get to know these men. To my left, I have Roland. Welcome, Roland. Thank you, Shah Bell. I also have John Tweedy joining me. G'day, John. G'day, Shah Bell. Thanks for coming. And we also have Terry Hayes. Hi, Terry. Hi, Shah Bell. And we also have Graham Short. Hello, Shah Bell. G'day. Thanks for joining us. So let's start just with a general question, what everyone's asking um, and those listening. Who are the Catanians? Roland, I might get you to just sort of give us a bit of background here and, and, and let us flow into this discussion. Thanks, Shabal. So I came across the Catanians a little bit by accident. I'd heard about them through Graham because he'd been inviting me to the, the different Catanian Circle uh, dinners at Mossman. And uh, then one day we got a request if I'd come and talk about the, as a part of my being on the board of Cradio, uh, the Archbishop got a, uh, Julian Porteous, he was bishop then, got a request uh, that we should talk about Cradio to the Catinians and the, 20, the, the whole business about this, the new evangelization. So I went along and I was very pleasantly sat, uh, surprised. They had this great dinner happening. They had a, a beautiful food, i got to tell you. And then we had uh, a talk, I had to give a talk. But what I loved about it was the sense of camaraderie, the good fellowship, the friendship, the courtesy which I didn't realize it was one of the uh, part of the charisms of uh, of Catinians. And, um, and the fact that they were really interested in what was happening in the wider world. They were all professional people from what I could remember. And uh, the fact that uh, they were meeting here once a month, uh, discussing how they could make the world a better place for young men uh, and families all around the world really impressed me. And uh, from there, we met up again, and then we started this whole idea when they decided to spend uh, two years looking at what we can do to to develop the whole Catinian vision, they asked Cradio to, ca- to come on board. And it was a great thrill, i got to say, to be able to help them with that project. Absolutely. And uh, and you've been been around and helping ever around. since. Yes, ever since. And it's been so exciting and been close to talking to Graham a lot and spending some time at the dinners and spending your time talking. In fact, I was asked to speak on Mary Glory subsequently, and that was a very exciting event as well. So I think they're a very um, a broad uh, thinking group, a broad-minded, very good and excellent, and, and they're f- focused on their faith. Yeah, that's great. It's mm. something we need to see more and more today. So that's, that's great to hear a bit of a testimony from an outsider, so to speak. Uh, um, Roland's not a member of the Catinians, but these three men are. So let, let me start with you, Graeme, if I could. Uh, could you tell the listeners w- what... Who are the Catinians? How did it start and, and what, what are you about? Yes, yeah, Shabelle. Sure, the Catinians were founded in Manchester, the UK in 1908. It was a time of um, discrimination against Catholics and they formed to give uh, Catholics in that area uh, a means of networking and fellowship uh, in their lives and to help them with their families and faith. And it's since spread worldwide um, to Australia, India, Bangladesh, Israel and Zimbabwe to name most of the places, and there's now about 9,000 members with 1,000 members in Australia. 
Wow, fantastic. Mm. And this is a group made of men? Yes, a uh, layman's association. Okay. Yes. Fantastic. So a thousand in Australia, that's across uh, the whole yes. country, all states uh, represented? Not all states at the moment. We've got three provinces. Okay. We've got Province 20, which is Western Australia, Province 21, which is Queensland, ACT and New South Wales, and area Victoria. Okay. So we're still yet to get to South Australia and Tasmania and the Northern Territory. Fantastic. And yeah. known as uh, – there's a website, uh, thecotinians.org.au, and it's great. I invite those who are listening to to visit the website. Um, I love the uh, tagline, faith-based friendship. So it sounds quite um, quite inviting, and, and, and it, we need people of faith to come together, don't we, in, a today, in today's age where uh, faith is, is sort of on a downhill spiral now and, and secularism is rising. But how if – I could, if I could turn to you, Terry um, – how has that been for you? Uh, have you found you've built some great friendships out of your involvement? Yeah, with, without a doubt, Javel. Uh, it's been a very, a very strong, very strong uh, influence in my life. Um, I was approached by a, a friend of mine in my local church to uh, to come along to. Uh, uh, I'm in the Manly area to uh, come along to a meeting and uh, check it out. As he said, no commitment. Just come and have a nice meal with us. See what you think, and uh, it just really clicked. It really clicked. I knew a couple of faces, not many, uh, but that soon changed. Uh, it was just a very enjoyable evening. Um, uh, it was certainly faith-based, but we talked about all sorts of things. We had a guest speaker. I don't remember who it was, but there have been lots of good ones since then, and um, it's had a very, very lasting impact on my life. I know uh, we meet once a month, like all the circles, and... Uh, there's been plenty of times where I thought, oh, you know, going out this night is the last thing I want to do. Um, I've gone along every time and never, ever regretted it. It's just been uh, it's been a, a pleasure to go along and just talk with uh, people with like interests and uh, commonality right through from our faith to uh, we all had youngish families in those days. So it was just a really good chance to chew the fat, as it were, with a lot of other men. And uh, it's, it's been a great influence. Thank you. That's, that sounds very, very inviting. That's good. Absolutely. Um, if I could turn to John, just maybe expand a little bit more. So, so there are monthly meetings. Could you explain just a little bit of the activities involved? So you gather monthly. Okay, Chevelle. Um, yes, uh, every Catanian circle around the country and around the world meets monthly. Um, we have 11 out of the 12 months in the year. Normally Christmas, um, the holiday season, we don't necessarily have a... A meeting, but sometimes we have a joint meeting at that time, and um, our circle is called Harborside North, and Terry's circle is called Manly, and we get together and have a trivia night in January. Um, so we have our um, meeting um, and dinner once a month. Uh, we also have uh, throughout Province Twenty One, which is our province, uh, a number of different occasions where we get together with other circles. For example, um, we have a, a provincial mass um, every year where all the circles get together. Um, quite often, a number of circles also get together and, uh, in a geographic area and have their own masses. But um, we also have speaking competitions. We just recently had one called the Little John Mug. Um, sure, <laughs> why the Robin Hood sort of theme got into it, but so there are a number of competitions with the Robin Hood theme. But the Little John Mug is for uh, incoming presidents to get to uh, have a, a bit of a, a speaking competition amongst themselves so that they get to know each other and also so that they uh, you know, have a bit of practice at speaking because, of course, when you're the president, you're going to have to speak a bit. Um, 
uh, we have other we have golf days um, and other social events. Yeah. Um, one of the important things is uh, in each circle we have a number of what we call ladies' nights, but uh, where we invite our wives and widows um, of uh, form of members who've uh, passed away. Um, and uh, for example, it, uh, in January we invited the widows of two of our members, one manly member and one um, Harborside North member, um, to this trivia night that we had. Um, because their husbands had been instrumental in one way or another in this in that trivia night, and it was a wonderful evening. It was an oh. absolutely fantastic evening that we had. Fantastic. Now, thank you for that. I, I might uh, ask uh, individually each of you um, what was your background prior to joining, and and I guess what inspired you to join. So I might start with you, Graham, if you, if you don't. Yes, you're Well, I was born and bred a Catholic, so I've always been a practicing Catholic, and uh, at the time I joined Continues, I was. Married, I had four grown children, and I was working in what you'd call a secular environment, you know, in TAFE. And I found that joining Continuance gave me that outlet uh, to express my faith, which you can't necessarily do in the workplace and in those sort of environments. And um, that was my background, yes. Yeah, wow. And, uh, and, and were you invited to join? Yes, I was invited. Okay. Uh, it was the founding of the circle, so they were just trying to find prospects, as we call them, okay. to come to the circle, and they all went to this meeting and decide uh, or explain to us what it would be. And a whole group has formed a circle of about 30 wow. in Mossman. And it's been thriving for the last 21 years. 21 years. Mm. Oh, wow. You would be in this group uh, the longest member, lasting member at the moment. Is that right? Yes, I think okay. I am. Yes. Well, let's turn to uh, you, Terry. What, what were you doing before you uh, joined the Continuance and how you joined? Yeah, I guess I was uh, certainly well into my working career. Uh, had three children. Uh, I think it was probably late primary and early secondary school, so they weren't too young. Um, as I said, I was invited by a, a friend in my local church and went along. Um, before that, I, I didn't have this great longing to go out and meet with other men in a group and you know talk about whatever, but uh, um, I'd known Kevin for a long time and, and uh, uh, there was just nothing to lose by going along and I went along and um, the rest is history. It's just... It snowballed from there, and I just found it uh, uh, very welcoming and very uh, very helpful to me in all sorts of ways. Networking was a was a part of it; it always is with our uh, with our uh, our men in all the different circles, um, uh, and it was just a really valuable exercise for me. Yeah, wow, that'd be good. I'd love to expand on that uh, networking aspect a bit more a bit later, but uh, mm. that's a great point. If I can ask um, you, John, your uh, uh, your membership, you started a, a little bit differently. If you want to expand, how, how were you invited in or how did you join the Continuance? Well, Shabelle, uh, my uh, involvement with uh, the Catholic Church um, is linked to my involvement with Catenians. Um, I went through the RCIA program about 20 years ago wow. and mm-hmm. um, one of the people who was involved in that program was a Catenian and uh, when I, it was... Uh, after Easter, he said, well, why don't you come along? I became a Catholic uh, at Easter. And uh, he said, why don't you come along to a Catenian uh, meeting? So I, I, I went um, and quite interestingly, the first person I set eyes on when I walked through the door was a fellow who I had worked with and he'd retired. And I thought, oh, <laughs> this, I didn't know he was, I didn't, don't think I even knew he was a Catholic. Um, and I thought, there's, there's a message here to me. There's a message. <laughs> uh, so uh, I, 
came a few times and then uh, eventually I, I, I joined in 2000, in the year 2000. And uh, again, it's sort of... Uh, the rest is history, as it were. You know, I've gone mm. through... Uh, it's been a wonderful experience for me. And you were talking about networking before. Um, I'm not alone in being a person who's gone through RCI and come into the, oh, wow. the Catholic Church. There are quite a few Catenians who um, are in a similar position to me, including in Terry's circle, Manly circle, but and also in my circle. Um, it's a wonderful way of um, finding and... Um, becoming friends with other Catholic men um, who've got a similar faith or on a similar faith journey to the one that you're on. Um, so for me, the networking in that regard, and it wasn't a business networking, it was a faith networking, yes. um, was was really wonderful. That's an important point you raised. Yeah. Fellowship and uh, friendship is, is quite important. Mm. And many people, um, I guess one of the... Um, Gripes people might have, you know, with Catholics in, within the church, particularly, we might go to Sunday mass, go home, rush out of the car park, get home, mm. and that's sort of the only involvement we have. And and mm. so there's from Sunday to Sunday, we don't have any interaction with other fellow Catholics, and mm. this is just that another layer, another opportunity to meet other fellow mm. Catholics and men as well, especially in an environment where we need to be by each other. And and one thing I can remember so well from the meetings I went to was the before the dinner you'd have a meeting. And you'd remember all the people who had either who are ill or who are sick or may have passed on or whose kids are in trouble or whatever, and they'd be you'd be talking about things and saying a prayer for them, all that. I thought that was a, a wonderful thing to see because that is true community, isn't it? Mm. And that's and that is very much part of the vision. Yeah. And another thing I um, <coughs> it just struck me listening to uh, uh, to uh, what's being said so far. Uh, I know once I joined and then continue going to Mass each Sunday and um, all of a sudden I'll be seeing these faces which were now familiar uh, or becoming familiar. So that was a really encouraging, uh, welcoming thing and you'd have a chit-chat at Mass and you may talk about continuance or you may not, but at least you knew another new face. You you, you could make contact. That's right. And I I also wanted to add too, I just thought of it. When I first joined, uh, my wife really encouraged me to go along. She I'm not sure she's trying to get me out of the house for kind of a free <laughs> night or what, but she was really, really supportive um, because I think she understood better than I did at the time just the value of having a talk with some, some other guys about whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, faith, but very important, obviously, but uh, it was just a good avenue that hadn't existed up until then for me, so it was a real win, real win. Yeah. It's quite interesting when we go on recruiting drives, it's Quite often that the the wife will say to the husband, you know, when we're at uh, the end of Mass, you know, why don't you go up and talk to those guys? <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing, yeah. That great, behind every great man is a great woman, isn't it? <laughs> Indeed. Now, well, uh, yeah, sorry. That was also last time when that, at the Advent dinner when we had Dr. Tracy Rowland speaking. You had a bunch of young guys there. Yes, they were recipients of the Catenian Bursary Fund Awards. Uh, they're volunteers. And women too, young women too. Yeah, yeah. young men and women. Uh, the, between the ages, of, I think, 17 and 25, they're eligible to apply for bursaries from the Catenian Bursary Fund. And uh, we've been very successful here in Australia in the last few years. And I think about a fair amount has been donated to them or gifted to them. And a lot of them are working in um, Asia and the Pacific Islands and the like uh, for a year doing teaching English and other volunteer work. 
Oh, wow. That's wow. Yes. That's amazing. You I think there's about 17 of them over there at the moment. Mm. That's very important. Mm. And you, you, you fund we, a lot of that. Yeah. We don't fully fund it, but we Your contribute to their yeah. costs, yeah. yes. And they, it's all gratefully received, both by the st- recipients and their parents who yeah. often have to make a lot of sacrifice to, to get them over there. Yeah. Mm. So, so far what we're piecing together uh, a little bit more of a vision here is uh, you, you get together every month, there's opportunity for prayer, social um, gathering, there's the dinners, you also have the annual mass, um, um, and then obviously helping and assisting others of uh, you see of need through the bursaries. Um, is there anything I've missed there? Is there anything else that we could add to this list? We have a benevolent fund for our members as well. Those okay. who fall on hard times, you might say, uh, they can approach the benevolent officer completely uh, in confidence and we wouldn't even know who's receiving benevolent funds or not. Okay. That's, um, that's all in great work. Yes. We also have a – this may come in later on in our discussions anyway, but we have a – uh, a fairly new concept called Friends of Catenians, which at, at Manly Circle we've we've pushed very heavily. I, I suppose we've sort of not so much initiated, but taken up the challenge of that locally in Australia. Uh, it just pushes the um, uh, pushes the not so much the membership, but pushes the Catenian a little bit wider than just uh, you know, Catholic men. It's families, relatives, uh, people who are known to Catenian brothers. Uh, and it just takes it out a little bit out of the formality of our meetings, which are not overly formal, given we're Australians. We don't <laughs> we don't go too big into that. Yeah. Uh, but it might involve things like uh, restaurant nights or go to plays or okay. even a family picnic in the park, all that sort of thing. It just pushes it a little wider, so it will involve uh, you know plenty of uh, Catenian brothers, might be their wives or friends, family, kids, um, and just. Uh, it pushes the boundaries just a little bit wider. It makes it more inclusive is probably the wrong word, but uh, it just involves more people. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so they're not necessarily members, but no, they're, they're just right. reaching out to those. Um, yeah. Yeah. Just, just expanding on that, the, the Catenians is um, for practising Catholic laymen. That's, that's the eligibility okay. requirement. But there are a lot of men out there, um, for example, non-Catholic men who go to Mass with their wives and yes. uh, they're the sort of people who um, become friends. Um, you know, they they see the benefits. Um, they haven't necessarily chosen to become a Catholic. However, uh, in our own circle, we've had a very interesting experience of this was some years ago before this new Friends of Catenians concept developed um, uh, of a gentleman who uh, went to Mass every Sunday with his wife. He was Anglican, I believe, um, and... Uh, he started coming to the Catenian uh, meetings and dinners. Um, he enjoyed the camaraderie and eventually he became a Catholic. Um, mm. And he became one of our, uh, he was president of our circle at one stage. So, um, you know, we do obviously try to open up to, um, to people who have a similar sort of outlook. Um, Absolutely. Spiritual outlook to to our own spiritual outlook. It's an excellent story. That's great. It's a great that's, that's story. Really, really yeah, good great to know. story. Yeah. And the friends concept, I guess, extrapolating <laughs> a little bit further, it's it's very personal to me. Um, I lost my wife to breast cancer early last year in January. Sorry to hear. And um, oh. the brothers in the circle, uh, one in particular, was keen to push off or, or kick off this friends concept, and he used me as a bit of a uh, guinea pig, I suppose, is the word. Yeah. But it worked well. It was good. Um, uh, his support and other brothers in the circle, their support for me was just absolutely unbelievable. It helped me through a really difficult period. 
And it led to a number of activities that we hadn't thought of before. Uh, we now go for, for walks along Manly Beach, five kilometre walk, a couple of times a week. Um, and um, the fellow that started said, well, uh, that happened because his, of his idea to, to, to try and lift me up and help me. But it extends to absolutely everybody and anybody, friends to come along. Uh, the same thing with restaurant, a couple of restaurant nights and plays, his play nights that to go and, go and see a play. Uh, Paul said that um, his idea for that stemmed from trying to help me. Now that's that's just a one-off circumstance, but the principle applies to absolutely anyone in the yeah. in the association. Yeah. So, absolutely fabulous concept the way yeah. it's evolving. Well, that could go right around Australia. You know, everyone, every town in Australia has people like anyway, you, what you experienced, yeah, yeah. and this could go everywhere. Mm. Yeah. yeah, the Kenyan theme is faith-based friendship. That's yes. that's the way, and we you can see it at work. Yeah. yeah, and. You know, within the circle, that's mm. that's fundamental to who we are. Yeah. Um, yeah. Friendship is essential. Yeah, so needed is. today, isn't it? That leads on to another question I have uh, for each of you. Uh, can you give examples, which I think I've heard a little bit here already, um, the continuing charism of faith-based friendship, as you say, how has it been manifested in both um, yourself to you and by you? So I've heard a little example there from Terry, which which is, which is great. Graham, what about yourself? Uh, Yes, well, I've had the honour of having the trust of members to have been an office holder at circle level. I've been a president there. I've been a president of the province at the moment and also at the national level. So at all levels of the association, I've found nothing but support and fellowship. And even though every circle's different and every individual's different, there's that underlying fellowship and shared faith that holds us together like jail, which I think is terrific. Uh, but it's a two-way street, so what have I done? Uh, it's a two-way street, so you do assist fellows continues where you can. They've been ill, you visit them when they're unwell. You might go off on one of their jaunts that they're doing for volunteer work, charitable work. And um, yes, and we have lunches for those who are unable to attend our night meetings. We go to those to keep them company and you give them fellowship, even though they can't be actively participating in the regular continuing meetings. Okay, thank you. Mm. Excellent. It's so good to hear. Um, what would you say to a prospect considering becoming a Catenian, someone listening to this now? Let me start with you, John. Uh, what I would say is if, if well, firstly, um, we are um, a faith organisation. We're Catholic. We're, um, in, in, in our um, terminology in some part of uh, the introduction when people join, there's a, the word proudly Catholic and there's a little bit of debate about whether that's <laughs> arrogant. Um, but we are proud to be Catholic and uh, so you know, it's, it's fundamental that people understand that we're a Catholic organisation but that um, our basic involvement um, with people is an involvement of friendship um, We and I, I didn't know Graham and I didn't know Terry before I joined Catenians. Now I know Graham very, very well because um, we've ended up doing, been on many adventures together, um, a couple of times in East Timor. We've climbed around Ramelow in East Timor together. <laughs> <laughs> we've been to uh, so, Guzmo's uh, hideout in East Timor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um, friendship has become essential to that. But, um, uh, yes, yeah, so I, I, I think that... Um, what I would say to a person is, you know, if, you, if you've got your Catholic faith and you really want to expand your friendship group, um, well, join the Catenians. Uh, 
it's a great social get together that we have every month. Um, we sometimes have speakers, sometimes don't. Um, but it's always it's always a fascinating experience for me. And uh, as somebody mentioned before, you know, you get you go along once a month, and sometimes people think, well, I'm doing this on a regular basis. It's going to get boring. Well, it doesn't get boring. Um, there are other things, though, that you can do in Catenian because one of our um, aims, we've got a set of aims and values, and one of our aims is to support the church. Um, so we do do things that support the church. We support it at our local parish level, um, like um, at uh, Mossman, the uh, parish uh, priest uh, needed assistance with a barbecue because there was an ecumenical um, get-together last year. The obvious group of people to go to was the Catenians and we put on the barbecue. Um, but we do things on a broader level. Um, uh, there have been proclaimed conferences at Chatswood. Uh, they went to Brisbane last year, but before that there were three in Chatswood. We provided the volunteers that helped make sure that oh, people wow. didn't uh, get lost. I've when been they were to those to personally through. myself, so they, were, they did <laughs> well, great maybe job. Maybe we showed you around. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> so I've come across a <laughs> so continuum. you didn't get lost when you were trying to get to your workshop. <laughs> Catholic Mission has the Mission One Heart Many Voices um, conference, um, the Corpus Christi procession that uh, is yes. held uh, each year. We, so, um, I think about six, seven, eight years ago, we started assisting with volunteers there. So if you really want to do something, um, it's all volunteer, so you don't have to do this, but we always have volunteers to assist in those sorts of um, situations. So. Um, we do do things, but we also have a fundamental social sort of. Um, yeah, um, that's excellent. Excellent. Mm -hmm. Would you, could you add anything to that, Terry? Is there anything in addition to that? Oh, uh, look, I, I, my thoughts about um, a, a prospect uh, being interested in a continuum would, would be to say just come along with open mind. Don't have any mm -hmm. preconceptions. Um, I certainly didn't. That was my approach. I thought, well. Um, the invitation was uh, was a very pleasant one, and I had absolutely nothing to lose by going along. And that's that's the that's the way we approach it. Uh, when we invite someone along for the first time, uh, there's no commitment whatsoever. Come along, enjoy a nice meal with us, have a chat, see what you think of it. Uh, we'll make you very welcome. Um, but your choice at the end of the day, whether you'd like to join us or not. And some people get a bit. Um, uh, it depends what they hear about continuous before they get there. I think <laughs> some people I know have said to me, "Oh, it's this." It's this monthly commitment for a meeting and whatnot. Well, yes and no. I mean, we we uh, we want to see uh, Catania brothers come along as often as they are able because we enjoy their company and enjoy talking to them. But people get busy. They go away. They travel on business. They might be sick. There's uh, no sort of punishment for missing a meeting <laughs> or anything like that. No, that's <laughs> yeah. right. So, okay, yes, it's a monthly get-together, but if for any reason you can't come on any given month, it's not an issue. You just let us know mm. and we welcome you next time we see yeah. you. yeah. That's one of the things that I, you know, as an outsider, as a person who's a prospect, really been asked to be a member of Continuance. One of the things I've been very interested in is you've got here as part of your your aims was that uh, to advance the interests and the development of young Catholics. I mean, that has always interested me about Continuance, of what you're going to do. And if I do anything with Continuance in the future, in fact, I know we got a podcast coming up with all the young people on the on the bursary. I'd love to see what we could do for young Australians because I know the amount of leadership that's available at Catinians and the mentoring that is available through Catinians mm -hmm. for young people 
uh, and the networking skills. I think this is an area which could really be developed. I'm not sure what you think, Graham, but I suspect you'd be you'd be interested in talking about that. Yes, we, we have got an idea of creating a young Catenians, and we might be relating that towards the bursary recipients who often come back and go to university, and we're working with ACU, very early stages now, and perhaps Notre Dame, to establish a form of young Catenians, because they're in a different demographic um, these days, and their expectations might be different to what our main cohort of Catenians would be experiencing in yeah. the usual. Yes, yeah. so do you agree that there's a lot of mentoring technically that's available? We like there. to do establish a young Catenian group, yeah. which we could then mentor yeah. and then lead on to fuller Catenian membership. Yes. Fantastic. This is great. Uh, looking at the website, and I, I see people are probably wondering. Catenians, what does that even mean? But looking at your website, it's got here the Latin word for catena or catena, which is a chain, which is quite interesting. Could you want to elaborate a bit on the on the on the meaning of the name and, and yes, how well, that's it relevant? just means a link. Yes, and so we always meet in a circle. We call our group mm-hmm. circles, and when we meet, we meet in a circle. So it's just a, a way of showing fellowship as a, by being linked together. And when I originally joined the Catenians, we used to finalise the meeting by joining hands around the circle, so envisioning that um, chain. Okay. Oh, fantastic. Um, how do you envision, in, envisage uh, Catenians remaining relevant in a rapidly changing secular society such as Australia? Well, we're aware that a lot of Catholics are not practising mm-hmm. uh, in communion with the church, and I think we need to broaden our horizon, and we are a broad group, the association, we are a broad church in that sense. I think we need to broaden our horizons to those who may not be as attached to the church as they could be, and we're sort of a way back into the church through uh, faith and fellowship. Fantastic. And the Friends of Catenians concept is has been developed in part for that reason, that um, there are people who um, are not as involved with the church as um, we might be, but um, uh, are still uh, in need of spiritual sustenance and you need a friendship and so we uh, and some people offer say, them that friendship. Some people say to me, oh, I'm not holy enough to be a Catenian. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's for everyone. <laughs> I think none of us are really holy enough to be a Catenian. So. <laughs> yeah. I think it, so, it's been in the past, I think it's, uh, we probably all acknowledge it, uh, for younger men with, you know, growing families and busy lives, it, it is a challenge to uh, to make a even a, a quasi-commitment to a monthly get-together, but um, uh, my response would be, well, just just give it a try. Just come along once, uh, experience it, and um, I think you'll be surprised at how uh, how welcoming and, um, uh, and involved it is for you. Yeah. Uh, it, it's, it's an ongoing challenge. It always is. I know when I first joined, uh, I had a, a busy family life, kids at school, you know, weekend sport, you name it, a busy, uh, busy work career, but it's only one night. Mm. Uh, and I was in the same. Time. I was in the same situation yeah. when I first joined nineteen yeah. years ago. Um, family work, uh, very hard work, long hours. Yeah. But um, Catenians was actually really good for me because it gave it, it provides you once yeah. a month to um, yes. focus on that uh, meeting. It's about work life balance, isn't it? It was exactly, pretty exactly bal- the balance into your life. Yes. Yeah. 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 Different I, now I've retired, but uh, you're still busy. <laughs> So I can see um, clearly, just personally, one that pops out at me, the aims to support one another in the practice of our faith, which is going to be crucial leading into our secularism as we go moving forward. 
Another one uh, which is uh, quite interesting, to help our clergy and encourage and support vocations to the religious life in appropriate ways. Could someone expand a bit about that? Um, so I imagine, so the men who do come are not necessarily married men. Uh, you might have a, a, some single men um, and they're probably still discerning their vocation. Um, does anyone want to elaborate a bit on, on, on that? Well, we do have a young man who's just put an application for membership at the moment. Okay. And um, I think he's still discerning his vocation. And uh, I think we might better help him with that discernment. Mm-hmm. Yes. You've and also we, got the young guys who are uh, certainly in the Mossman Parish, the young priests who are not yet, they haven't yet been ordained. For them, this is a, a widening experience, isn't it? To yes. meet all of us guys. Yeah. And to, yeah. One thing that Catenians does do is um, tries to assist priests, whether they're. Um, priests who are born and bred in Australia or priests who come from overseas because um, Terry's circle um, assisted one priest who came from Africa. Um, He needed to learn to drive. Um, One of Terry's colleagues uh, taught him to drive. Um, We we try to do practical things to assist the priests and also I think uh, your circle has been assisting seminarians um, just from a social perspective, taking to the football, cricket, whatever. Um, So uh, trying to um, uh, ensure that the people who take on the the priestly life um, are still part of the community. Um, So, you know, we we, we try to help as best we can in in many different ways. That's that's true, John. We have a, um, through the Manly Vale Church, we have a strong link with the Augustinian priests and they are the major seminary in Australia at Brookvale. So we uh, quite regularly have some of the seminarians come along and talk to us. They might be from Vietnam or India or Korea, South Korea, North Korea. Uh, and, uh, <laughs> and their backgrounds are just absolutely amazing. And they can relate that to us uh, uh, as Catania brothers. And you never, you never just know where some of these conversations can lead. So that's been really, really interesting and valuable for us to hear these seminarians talk about their background and how they came to Australia and why they want to be a priest. and yeah. it's, uh, yeah. It gives really you that really insight about what's happening on the other side of the other world. Of the world. Exactly. And I think it's valuable yeah. for them as well yeah. in meeting yeah. Yeah. Um, people, assisting even with language, yeah. um, yes. just talking to, to, to mm. people on a social sort of uh, basis uh, when you don't have English as your basic language. Absolutely. So we've, we've tried as best we can to uh, yeah. assist uh, the priests. And what we also like to do is, is, um, is have them come along and don't, always put a commitment on them to speak. Come along and enjoy the night. Listen yes. to what's said. Yeah. If you've got a guest speaker, you know, listen to what he or she uh, will be talking about. It's just uh, a, 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 an attempt to involve them socially. So that, that works very yeah. well too. Right? And, so. and one thing we do at every um, meeting, we pray for vocations to the mm. priesthood. Fantastic. That's one of our standard prayers. That That's fantastic. On, and that would on. be nationwide. So that yeah. would be worldwide. Be this worldwide. worldwide. Fantastic. Worldwide. That's amazing. Yeah. I have to say, and this is probably something that many people have probably missed. We're seeing currently in the in the church in Australia, there are you know retired priests, um, and we may be illusioned to think, okay, there are more priests retiring as joining. So then, what's happening is we're seeing a cluster of churches coming together to form a parish. But uh, I'm pleased to, to, to report that in regards to, the, say, the Sydney Seminary, it's, it's bursting at the seams. Uh, some of these religious orders are starting to fill up and grow faster than, than we've seen in, in a whole generation. Um, it's quite exciting to see, as, as I guess, on a wide scale, that the church may be 
um, I, I guess, shrinking in, as far as the media is concerned and as far as general uh, Australians are concerned. But from within, there's certain this, this sort of new springtime that's coming and there seems to be this younger, younger generation coming through. Um, and I guess as we see more and more coming into the church, make it more relevant, something like the Cotinians with this fellowship of, of men is going to be crucial in this time right now. Yes, and, and um, seminarians and deacons are eligible to be members of the Cotinians. Oh, it's only ordained priests who are not eligible. So they'd be most welcome and that'd be a way for keeping in touch with the lay faithful. Uh, during their formation. Well, that's a very interesting suggestion. Mm. In fact, one of the bishops listening to this from the seminaries ought to take it up. Mm -hmm. And there ought to be like a, a, you know, like a a situation you have in the workplace where people work for six months or so, you know, um, what do you call them when they turn up? Internships. Like an internship Mm. to spend some time, you know, through a group such as this. Yes. Uh, And, uh, you know, on a part-time basis even, because it'll, it'll bring them, ground them so much uh, in the community and see who they're going to be ministering to and also later on in their lives. Encourage them to form continuing groups in their parishes when they're appointed to parishes. That's right. Because Australia is a vast continent. We can't get out to all those places that the priests do. And, and a lonely continent. You go up, uh, up to central west of New South Wales, everything is so divided, it's, I mean, so distant. Mm. This could be quite a good thing. Yes. Actually, but, one one. Thing uh, that's worth saying too is that uh, it's the, the relationship with the local priest. Uh, we try to uh, ensure that that's a good relationship, but in some places, um, it's. Uh, and I'm thinking of the Cairns Circle. They have a um, a chaplain. They call him their chaplain. Um, the priest who's relevant to the bulk of the people mm-hmm. who are in the Cairns Circle, and he attends all their meetings. Um, and Fantastic. he's very, very close to the circle. Um, and this is this is very important and healthy for the priest himself. Very healthy yeah. for the priest to have yeah. the fellowship of yeah. men yep. as well. Yes, very healthy. In Kansas, our most remote circle in Australia, as you can wow. imagine. In fact, yes. it's probably one of the most remote. It's <laughs> <in the world. laughs> <laughs> a very dynamic. I was just up there a month ago, and they're very dynamic and very. Um, Faithful circle. Maybe that's something should be considered as part of your two-year project that you're going through right now, that this link is developed. Um, so the priests are all invited to become who are in the cha- parishes to be chaplains. That, that's Indeed. sort of a nice segue. Very to nice segue, question. Yeah. What are your personal hopes and ambitions for the future of Cotinians? And uh, uh, you've touched on it, Graham, about in the parish level. So do you want to expand a bit on that and whatever else you have in mind? Well, my view is that the Cotinians have somehow been a well-kept secret for 100 years in Australia because you've had to have been invited to join and you mm. had to know somebody or somebody had to know you and had to make the effort to invite you. And um, there's a lot of people not comfortable with inviting people to become members and things like that. So I'd like to continue to become um, the go-to lay association for parishioners to be a central part of the parish life in formation of their faith and uh, getting to be a member of the community. Excellent, excellent. Any, anyone else want to chime in here? What would, um, what are your hopes and ambitions for the future of the continuance? I think personally, we we need to have a greater focus on younger people, yes. uh, which we were talking about totally before, agree. because um, uh, otherwise <laughs> we all get older. Um, the inevitable happens. Uh, for the future, we have to be, have younger groups. I was. 40, early 40s or mid-40s when I joined the Catenians, and there were a lot of other people of, of that sort of age group, um, um, professional people and non-professional people. It was just a, a broad range. Um, 
perhaps a little bit older now, but um, I think our focus has to be on on younger younger men, and uh, uh, that that's obviously extremely important for our future. Yeah, I, I can attest to that. I mean, I remember twenty years ago coming in back into the church, and when I saw fellow young men my age uh, at the time, it was very encouraging for me, and I knew that helped me feel that I wasn't alone. And I think that's a very important key here with what you're offering, um, this fellowship for other Catholic men um, to know that they're not alone. They're part of a bigger picture here. And, and even within your circle, you're still linked to these other circles, which is still linked to other associations around the world, which yes. is fantastic. I think a lot of people are trying to find the individual relationship with Christ or yes. God. But I think with Catenians, it helps you with that journey. Mm. You're not alone searching. You got your, yeah, your yeah, very good point. In fact, uh, I've just been reading Luke's Gospel and it, that whole business that Christ created his community of followers along the Jerusalem road. You were talking about the road. Yes. And, you know, that concept is very interesting. It's life's journey, and that's where they're helping us along. And I think I personally, just if I could answer that question, I'd rather continue. But one of the things that I think I would like to see really is that idea developed that you guys have come up with for young people. That, I think, is is where all this will go. And... um, I suspect young people today means young men and young women. It'll not just be young men. And, and how do you think about that? Do you see a place for young women coming into Catinians? Well, we are going through a renaissance or renewal process, and that will all come out in the wash. We've been asked to listen to the whisperings of the Holy Spirit. What, how is he guiding us? I say to the members, listen to the whisperings, regardless of your own personal prejudices, what's being said to us, what should we decide and it will come down to a worldwide vote in due course. Yeah. And but it is something that is really being considered yes. quite, That's uh, good, yeah. quite closely at the moment. There's a, a major strategy review going on for the whole association and there are articles in our magazine. We've got a magazine called Katina. Okay. And uh, that, uh, there are articles written by people who see the way forward as being um, inclusive of women as well as um, practising Catholic women as well as practising Catholic men. Others say, oh, well, the women are already involved because, you know, we're married and uh, they they join us at uh, ladies' nights and, and the rest. But uh, uh, many people say, think that's not enough, um, that it, it should be um, an organisation open to both men and women. But as Graham says, it's, it's something that the the body of members has to vote on because um, you know, we've yes, got you a constitution yes. and... Uh, We've, uh, we, yes. we have the only way we can change that constitution is by an international vote of all the members. Okay. Yes, yeah, so John's a lawyer or was a lawyer. <laughs> so the constitution has been our strength because it's given us a way of operating, but also it, it also slows us down a bit in facilitating change, especially at that sort of level. So that's why we're doing this renaissance to see what sort of change we can facilitate. Through the Constitution. This is quite exciting. This is very and exciting. Also it's, it's got very a, exciting. Think, at a very fundamental level, I think we probably all agree, if I don't speak out of turn, uh, is it, a means to make the continuance just much more well known within the church community. Yes. Mm. We don't want to hide our light under a bushel for the right. hundred years, yeah. Granted. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and, and this sort of uh, renaissance review process hopefully will certainly lead to that, mm. as will the Friends of Catinian concept. Mm. It just broadens it. Uh, so that we're not uh, just a, a once a month Wednesday night meeting. <laughs> and that's, yeah. Yeah. So, it's a lot more than that. Yeah, for yeah. us, this is a bit of a risk. The purpose urges to take risk, to reach out, and that's what we're doing. 
this is a, sort of a risk for us to go out on podcasts and see what sort of response we get. But hopefully you'll be good responses. Yeah, this is great. This is, a, I guess, as you say, a stepping uh, a step towards that that uh, new way of, of reaching out using the new media. And and uh, mm-hmm. and we're called to, to use the new media for the new evangelization and, and reaching more people. And so, look, as we as we as we come to a close here, uh, how what what are the processes here now? If I'm 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 listening to this show, um, either a young man or a, or a married man or a retired man, doesn't matter what age. I want to join the continuance. How do I go about doing that? Does it cost anything? What's the process? Who could uh, guide me here? Right. Well, you can go to our website. Okay. And it's the um, continuance.org.au. That's right. And they'll find directions to the nearest circle and who to contact. And once they contact that circle, we'll invite them to be a guest at the next available dinner. They will be a guest and there'll be no obligation. And then they can discern from there if they'd like to join Catenians. And they can come as often as they like for as long as they like before they make that decision. Okay. And, it's, um, it's painless. It's painless. <laughs> Very good. It's quite pleasant, actually. <laughs> it's a beautiful meal, too. And in Australia... Um, it was mentioned before, we've got a circle in Cairns. There's a circle at the Gold Coast. Yes. There's a, a smaller group in Brisbane, interestingly. It's only a small group, but we are represented in Brisbane. Uh, well represented in Sydney, particularly over the northern part of Sydney, but we've got a, a group down in the southern Shire now, Great. Uh, which I'm a joint member of. <laughs> um, Canberra, we represent in Canberra, and then in Melbourne, um, uh, in a number of different parts of Melbourne. So... Uh, if you're in any of those places, okay. then it's uh, th- th- there'll be a Catenian. In rest of Australia, there's 13 and circles over there. Perth as well. And, and wow. In okay. Perth, there are. So, uh, mm. Well, at Perth, and there's one at Busselton, uh, which is well out of Perth, and Mandurah. So um, we're well represented in the um, southern part of the West Australia. But once you yeah. join one circle, you're virtually a member of all circles in the world because you're welcome to join those, uh, visit those circles whenever you're in their vicinity. Wow, this is... Quite exciting. Can I um, close in using what's on your website here, the Catinian experience? I'm just going to sort of say this right through. Catholic layman, faith-based friendship, who you have charity, prayer, the meetings, you have the um, the social events, dinners, and this leads to better people, better friends, better family men, better Catholics, and better citizens. Mm. I think that sums it up, and that's sums fantastic. So I want to thank you for for coming on the show today and, I guess, sharing with Australia who you are. Um, I think uh, this is only the beginning. I think we'll hear more and more of you. And I Mm. I can say with Roland, Mm. we should do much more on the Radio Network. I I can see that happening more. And and it's an invitation to all you men. And in the future, one day, women, depending on what the Holy Spirit says, but there there is a ladies' night, so uh, they're part of it as well. But uh, it's an invitation to join the Catenians. For more information, visit thecatenians.org.au. That is the website again, thecatenians.org.au. Thanks very much, um, men. Thank you, Shabell. Thank you, That was Who Are the Catenians with Shabell Raish. To find out more about the Catenians, head over to thecatenians.org.au. And for more talks, interviews, and shows, visit Radio dot org dot au